Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back here on this rainy red Monday. Happy to have you with us here. All right. I have never slept on the floor of an airport. I have sat on the floor quite a bit Mm -hmm. for those who have had similar experiences at the former terminals that we had. Sitting on the floor was not that unusual. Never had to sleep in an airport overnight, but more is being talked about with that. Yeah, because obviously this week is going to be the biggest travel week of the year. It always is. So the folks over at USA Today decided to kind of take a look at that and figure out what the etiquette is, I guess, behind a lot of this. About, like you mentioned, sleeping on the floor in the airport. Are you even allowed to do that? And the answer is yes. I mean, they can't kick you out. So most of the airports are familiar with people getting stranded or missing connections and things like that. So um, sleeping on the floor of the airport, if you've ever been to one at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning for an early flight, it's not an unusual sight to see a couple of people that may be stretched out across two or three seats just, you know, snoring away, waiting for their plane to get there. So that's one thing. But, you know, I I was thinking about it, about all the other things that you might have to do If you find yourself in that position, this is why it's always a good idea in your carry-on to keep things like soap, toothpaste, maybe a razor. Um, And then I started wondering, you know, truck stops, the bigger ones, have showers. Mm -hmm. To the best of my knowledge, I've never been to an airport that had them. I'm Googling, do any U.S. (laughs) airports have, because I've never had to look. Yeah, right. I've I've never wondered. Um, What I assume is that... Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, there are airports that have showers. Um, what I assume is that if you have lounge access, a lot of lounges have showers. Okay. How do you get that, by the way? Because I have no connection with the whole airport lounge thing. Um, there are several ways in, for anybody else who's wondering. Um, there is a network called Priority Pass. There are a lot of ways you can get that. I have that by virtue of being a Marriott member. Okay. That's not one you have to pay for. There are a lot of priority pass lounges. Not here. We do not have that. There is a network called Centurion. That's the one that I get from paying a lot of money for an Amex credit card, but I fly a lot, <laughs> so I'm okay with that. Right. And then um, and then you can, you can always buy your way in is the short answer. If you want lounge access, I think United's like 50 bucks. If you want another, you can always just buy your way into a lounge. Like per time. If you end up stranded right. somewhere, you're going to be there for four or five hours and don't want to just yep. sit in the airport. As long as they, sometimes they'll get, lounges are so much more packed than they used to be because it's just getting easier to get into them. Sometimes they'll just cut it off and they'll just say, we, we don't have room. Yeah. For anybody else, somebody on the text line echoed what you just said. A lot, they said a lot of uh, airports have showers and rooms to rent with beds. The bed pod thing is something that I'm trying to remember where I was when I saw that. It was either Charlotte or Atlanta, and I, I'm pretty sure it was Charlotte. So that you could, as you were just walking through the airport over to the side, they would have this thing that came out of the wall a little ways, and it was just rooms. With little cots, not cots. I mean, they were actually kind of nice beds uh, actually, that, that you could buy your way into again and spend, you know, if you wanted to take a nap for a couple of hours, you could do that and lay down and they would have either, uh, 
there's, you know, some of them just had soundproof walls and mm-hmm. some of them had like a little bit of, of soft music playing like you would get it, you know, when you're getting a massage, that kind of thing. Uh, and you could just go in and, and use those to take a nap. I was not aware of the showers, but it doesn't surprise me that the bigger airports might have them. I'm looking a little further. If anybody knows more about Minute Suites, I've never been in one, but I just sent you a link, John, because I thought I saw a news story this morning about somebody who rented one of those sleep pods at DFW at Dallas Fort Worth. Okay. Um, and then the points guy just had something about how to access minute suites with priority pass that gets complicated. You gotta have priority pass first. I've never been in a minute suite. No. Which I believe is a place where you can just kind of go and and rest. Yeah, and, and you can be away from the noise. That's the thing that they really prioritize in those is that it's soundproof. You don't hear people walking by. You don't hear the, the noise of the little wheels from the um, from the suitcases and all of that stuff. You finally get a little peace and quiet, and if you want to doze off for a little while, you can. And the, yeah, they're called minute suites because you really can buy them. I think there's a minimum amount. You have to be in there for 15 minutes or something like that, and then you just buy up as much as you want. But in answer to your question... What about showers? Yeah. When I Googled it, there are some big international airports that have them, like Abu Dhabi. I mean, some of the really big ones. Are there any here? Because it's a really good idea. I mean, if you're stuck there overnight, like happened at Christmas last year, where people sleeping (laughs) in airports for days. Yeah. Are there, can you rent them? Can you, you know, put coins in or run your credit card or whatever to get 15 minutes or however it works? I I cannot think of a U.S. airport that has them, but I've, I've, knock on wood, I've never been in that situation. What what have you, like, in all of the traveling, um, is an airport just a utility for you, or do you find yourself utilizing some of those things? Like, I mean, the only thing that I had that, that um, meant anything to this kind of a story is that years ago, when Jen and I were dating, I flew down to Tampa to go see her, and she was picking me up at the airport. Well, I didn't want to just walk off and be rumpled, you know, airplane <laughs> yeah. me. So I went in. You know, I had a, a, a pressed shirt and all that stuff that I had in my luggage. And so I went into one of the bathrooms and changed clothes before I went out and met her. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky I did because she was wearing this beautiful dress. And I was like, I looked like a total schlub five minutes ago. So that's it, though. That's that's probably as into, like, the airport utilities I've gone. Yeah, I hate to say this, and I'm sorry I don't have a more interesting answer. I'm not a get-to-the-airport-super-early kind of girl. Uh I'm a time-it-perfectly kind of person, so I'm not going and sitting and enjoying anything in the airport beforehand. Um, I leave for a big trip in a few days. I have six hours at LAX on the way. (laughs) Any plans? Um, I, I have access to two lounges while I'm there, okay. which is good. But it's but it was one of those things when we had Joanne Weeks on last week. I, I emailed her and I said, given the, I don't even want to say this out loud because I don't want to jinx it, but I was not upset about the flight that I booked, including a six-hour layover. Because if anything's delayed, sure, I'm okay with that. Oh, yeah. LAX is a pretty good place to people watch. Um, but like the most I've noticed is, is it Syracuse, New York? Have you ever been in the Syracuse, New York Unfortunately, airport? yes. Is that the one that has the rocking chairs that overlook the runway? Uh, it's an airport in New York. I, I feel like it's Syracuse. I don't remember that. I know Buffalo has them. Buffalo Niagara has the the rocking chairs that are set up every so often. Um, I don't think it's Buffalo, but they have. Uh, there's a a big. It's actually a really cool setup. Secure. You go through security, and then you are looking out over the runway, and it's this big glassed in yeah. area, and it's a bunch of rocking chairs there. I'm like, oh. That's great. I mean, I would. That's where I would sit 
In fact, I sat there for a while. Yeah, I'm looking at them now, as a matter of fact. I just did a Google image search on that, and yes, uh, they, they do have them at uh, at Syracuse as well. It's funny because the ones – what I'm looking at in Syracuse is row upon row of them, where in Buffalo they just kind of line the terminal. So as you're walking oh, down the terminal, okay. they're, on, they're on the side where the airplanes are, so you can sit out there and look out the window at them. But they're just – you know, they just sit there. I've been to small airports that have patios outside mm-hmm. where they're, they're not as concerned about security, I guess. But when I've been in other countries and been in small airports, you can just go hang out outside and go back in. Yeah. You know, no big deal. <laughs> so <laughs> like, what could be wrong? Right. Yeah. So what else is out there? What other kinds of those amenities? A lot of you are echoing that. Uh, oh, somebody said Charlotte also has uh, the rocking chairs. And Albany does as well. Yeah, that's. I guess that's becoming a really popular thing because I, I sat in them. I when when I flew back from Buffalo earlier this year, I was you know I had a couple of hours to kill at the airport. I got there early and just found one of those rocking chairs and just kind of sat there and watched for a while. But the the pods thing, a lot of you are echoing that Atlanta is the place that probably has the most of them. But I'm pretty sure I saw them in Charlotte as well. You need it in Atlanta you're, oh, if you're stuck yeah. there for a while. Uh, that's something you definitely want. But yeah, what are the other things that we haven't noticed that you would want? The showers question is a really good one, especially if you're stuck overnight. Yeah. I I can't imagine showering in an airport, but okay. I mean, you shower at the gym. Yeah, and and I mean, it's the kind of thing where like shaving and brushing your teeth, you can always do that at the sink in any one of the bathrooms. You don't need much, but all that's going to do is, you know, is make your face shaved and your breath smell a little bit better. If you haven't had a shower in a day or you got stuck there and didn't know you were going to be, it just seems like the kind of thing that, you know, charge people five bucks a pop at it or whatever. Yeah, I'd do that. And I'm trying to think if there, if there are any reasons not to. All that stuff is going to be past. It. You got to clean it. All that stuff is going to be past security. So you don't have to worry about, I hate to say that, but like a homeless population that then yeah. usually that stuff is past security. I'm trying to think of the downsides other than cleaning it and keeping up with it. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, they have to clean the bathrooms constantly too. So it's just right. one more thing. But for the, I mean, for the money you could make off of that. I mean, they're not charging anything to use the bathroom, and they hire guys to clean those. If if those things are paying for themselves, you know what the other thing is that I'm wondering now because I'm looking at a picture of one online. Is there such a thing as a smoker's lounge in an airport anywhere anymore, or are those all gone? I don't smoke. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I to need me. a just... smoker to tell me. <laughs> um, yeah. That's why I don't I... know. It's just so funny how that evolution has happened. I mean, you and I both remember when you could smoke on airplanes. Yeah. And that seems just ridiculous now. Um, I don't know. But somebody can tell us, I'm sure. I, St. Louis had theirs for a very long time. It may still be there. I don't know. But it was one of those things where you could walk by it as a non-smoker. You could walk right by the door and you would have no idea that there was cigarette smoking going on in there, unless you looked inside and saw the people smoking cigarettes. But yeah, it, it didn't stink. I, I don't know what kind of ventilation system they had in that thing, but it was brilliantly effective. Somebody just asked, are they supplying the shampoo and soap at the showers where they are? Because you can't take that stuff through security. Well, you can, it just can't be bigger. We're still on that whole yeah. three ounce thing. You're right. You get so. the little hotel bottles that, well, even those are becoming kind of scarce now, but you can buy them at Walmart. Uh, somebody texted in and said, yes, bigger international airports still have smoking areas. Yeah, I wondered. Bigger cities. There are some parts of the world that are not as against smoking as we are. Yeah. 
But so even here in sense. the States, right, if you've got a, well, I, I don't think St. Louis probably shut theirs down. You know, I know it was right. there a few years ago because I remember walking by it. But I remember O'Hare having a pretty extensive one as well, which would make sense. If you want to get in here, 913-586-7798. We will get to more of this coming up next on KMBZ. I lost my ears. Um, 913-586-7798. So we were talking about the amenities that you would want in an airport. Specifically, would you want showers? You and I both found lists of some of the stuff that's cool that's out there. Um, I haven't experienced any of that, but it looks pretty neat. Yeah. uh, Well, that's funny because Travel Pulse has an article that's titled Eight Places You Can Get Naked and Shower in an Airport. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. Unfortunately, when I clicked on it, my list goes right from number one to number eight. So we ended up with two. They said the minute suites in some of the airports have a shower in them. So that was a, a an eye-opener. Also, San Francisco International Airport has a shower facility called Freshen Up that's in the international terminal. So, I mean, once you're past security, you can go, as far as I know, you can go from terminal to terminal. It doesn't matter, right? Say that to me again. It, once once you're past security, because yeah. they said that they're uh, – oh, I'm sorry. No, they said it's the Freshen Up showers that's in San Francisco are pre-security in the international terminal. So you wouldn't even have to go through. They charge $15 for a shower. And yes, they do provide soap, towels, disposable flip-flops, and the use of their massage chair. Ooh, very fancy. So uh, the Yelp reviews seem pretty positive about it so far. 15 bucks isn't bad. For how long? For as long as you bucks? want. Oh. I mean, you just go in. Okay. I mean, how long are you going to shower, right? But uh, but the, uh, they give you all the stuff to go along with it. So for that alone... Uh, it would be worth the $15 for the fee to use it and for all the stuff that they give you. Yeah, not bad. Uh, 913-586-7798. Alex is in KCK. Hi, Alex. Hi, guys. Uh, great morning or great afternoon, I should say. Same Have back. you guys seen the movie The Terminal with Tom Hanks? With Tom Hanks, yes. Mm-hmm. So there's some resourcefulness that can go on in an airport. And I'm surprised that there aren't more homeless people like hanging around trying to get to the shower, uh, you know. It's kind of scary. <laughs> what are we doing here? All, all depends. AI's coming yeah. in. AI's got to be coming in someplace. But right. anyway, I remember way back when I went back. To, I should say went to Texas on a plane. You know, and and a bunch of people were drinking on the plane, and we didn't have showers back then, of course. But you know, when somebody gets sick on a plane, you oh. know, other people start getting sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty not, nasty. Not, yeah. Good luck on that. All yeah. Right. Thanks, yeah. Alex. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, yeah, and that's why you know, with San Francisco, I'm a little surprised to see that they're prior, prior to mm-hmm. getting through security. Me too. That's why I said most of them, I would imagine, are past security for that for that very reason. Yep. So that just so that so no one's sitting there and kind of congregating in those. The other thing is that, and I, I mean, especially our airport, a lot of airports are not close to places where the homeless congregate yeah if homeless wanted to go to our airport you'd have to work at it <laughs> to get there thank you a while sure so and i and a lot of airports are that way very few airports are the big airport is downtown where you would have that problem yeah right in the middle of the city and and most of them you can't walk to anyway i mean they're, right they're uh you know there's no sidewalks i'm even thinking of smaller airports uh i've been through the one in is it albany yeah uh more often than than i care to admit and that one, it's just, it's so small and it's, it's kind of in town. 
you know, it's not that far from anything, but you still, there, there are so many, you would have to walk for so long and you'd be walking where there are no sidewalks because you're not supposed to walk to the airport. I'll be honest, the one that comes to mind that you could easily walk to is Midway in Chicago. Yes, yeah. There, um, You know, if you've flown through there, it's right in the middle of the city and it's, well, not in the middle of downtown, but it's right in the middle of a big residential area. Yep. And I think there are sidewalks on those streets that get you straight. I mean, you can't access the property, but you easily could, I mean, get very, very close to it. Sure. Yeah. And, so. and with a lot of airports now, I mean, there's a reason why they're so far away from residential areas. Nobody wants to hear the planes coming in all day and all night. Yeah. Uh, if anybody has further thoughts, 913-586-7798. And again, j- somebody was just asking. Um, I did not see the Nick Haynes report over the weekend. Somebody was just asking about the condition of the terminal. Um, apparently there were some maintenance problems. Um, Charlie Keegan from Channel 41 just tweeted out, I guess the moving walkways, there had been a manufacturing defect Ooh, that's that had fun. stopped them from working. Uh, I think some people thought we're just letting it go. We're just letting it go. Uh, <laughs> they're all working in time for the holiday, busy holiday rush here. So if anybody was concerned that you're gonna have to walk all of that, everything's working just fine. Good to know. So just be aware of that. All right, we'll touch on this here for a second and then we'll get to more of the story coming up. Uh, this was out of the sun.com. Kroger is a big grocery chain in other parts of the country. We have a lot of them back in Illinois where I'm from. And you have a bagger at a grocery store on the job for a little bit and then a lot of money goes missing. Yeah, uh, to the tune of over a million dollars. In two weeks, the scam that this kid was running was a return scam and he was doing it all by himself i guess he had access to like the customer service area at this kroger and what he was doing was was charging up returns for things that did not come back so he was making up phony returns and then pocketing the money so that there would be a record of the of the transaction in the store you know somebody brought back 50 dollars worth of groceries and then he would process the return pocket the 50 bucks and then just walk out And then two weeks later, before they caught on to his scam, he took off. He was using the money, they said, to buy cars. He had one return, one return that he charged up $87,000 for. What are you buying from Kroger for eighty-seven grand? <laughs> you could almost buy a Kroger for eighty-seven thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, but apparently he, he did it so quickly that they didn't have a chance to catch up. Like whatever bookkeeping goes on didn't catch him in time. And he figured, okay, I'll get the job. I'll run the scam for a couple of weeks. And by the time they figure out what I'm doing, I'm out of here. They said he started with smaller items, got away with it, got more confident, and then got more ambitious working up to the, you would just think that any, I'm trying to think of what you're, even in the holiday season, if you were going to go to the grocery store, <laughs> yeah. how much that bill is going to be, who is spending more than four figures on groceries ever? Yeah. At, you know, and why wouldn't that trigger some kind of alert? Uh, yeah, they, they said that the, the false items that he was returning, it ranged in price from $75 to $87,000. The money then he transferred to credit cards. So it was a, you know, he was transferring it to like prepaid credit cards. And then just going out and using the cards to go and buy stuff. He bought, they said, everything. Uh, Cars, party stuff. I mean, anything that you could think that a teenager working at Kroger would really love to do but wouldn't have the money for. He found a way to get the money, and he went out and did all of it. Wow. 
Um, we can touch on a little bit more of this if you have thoughts on this one. Uh, we'll take a break. Still to come this hour, we have a couple in Connecticut uh, being sued for hosting a house party because of something that happened there. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We go to Connecticut for this next story here. Um, we have several stories like this today. Uh, we'll get to a couple more of these coming up later in the show. But we go to the story out of Connecticut. Um, about this house party that happened in May of last year. And now you have a couple of families that have sued this couple who supplied minors with alcohol before a student was stabbed. This is such a bad idea. Um, and, and we hear this sometimes with what parents would call the best of intentions, where, you know, sometimes you'll hear parents say, all right, we know pr prom is coming up, our homecoming is coming up. And even though the kids are underage, we, we are afraid that they're going to go out with their friends, they're going to get a hold of alcohol, and they're going to drink and somebody's going to end up getting hurt. So instead of that, we're inviting all the kids to come to our house. Yes, we'll give them beer or liquor or whatever, but we're going to take all their car keys away from them. We're not going to let, let any of them leave. It's effectively a lockdown kind of party. And, and that way, we'll, we will at least be chaperoning and in control of the entire thing. And whenever somebody says that, they're almost immediately met with, it's still against the law. Yes, you can give alcohol to your own kid. No, you can't give it to anybody else's kid. And you cannot do that. It's a very bad idea. And this story really underscores the consequences that we don't even think. Because what, we th what those parents think is, well, we're giving them a safe place to do what they're going to do anyway. And... and what they fail to realize is what happens when you dump a bunch of alcohol into a 17-year-old boy who's around a bunch of other 17-year-old boys and girls. So two things happened here that are the subjects of the lawsuits. Aside from the couple just supplying teens with alcohol, you have two instances of violence. First, there was a, a fight that broke out at this party where the parents supplied the alcohol. Imagine. Yeah. And there was a beating that happened there. And you have the parent of that kid that was beaten that is suing over that instance. The part that I think is more interesting is that after that beating happened, the party moved from this initial house to a second location. That's where a team was fatally stabbed. Yeah. The lawsuit is going after the couple that supplied alcohol at the first party saying, you started this. Yep. Right. Yeah. If you hadn't supplied them with alcohol and started this, this wouldn't have happened. And their liability doesn't end when those kids leave. It ends when those kids aren't drunk anymore. And if you if you let them leave like that, I mean, first of all, I'm going to go back to what I started with. This is a very bad idea. Don't do it. But like you said, people do. Yeah, but parents do. They do all the time, and you're on the hook for it. Um, you're taking a bunch of kids who are not great at decision-making anyway, or if they are, they're a lot better than I was when I was in high school, and uh, supplying them with something that legally they're not allowed to have because of their lack of decision-making ability. And, and you take all of that responsibility on yourself. I mean, 
I'm surprised that this is stopping at lawsuits and hasn't gone to criminal liability. Um, yeah, uh, there was a 16-year-old who was already charged with one count of murder and two counts of first-degree assault for allegedly stabbing uh, the guy that later died of his injuries the and three others. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. This is civil so far. They were charged for supplying the alcohol, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, and that's that's more than a little surprising to me that they didn't get some kind of manslaughter charge or something else that was added on top of that. Because, again, if, if civilly we're going to draw that direct line back to them supplying the alcohol, mm-hmm. then it seems like that's wide open for criminal punishment as well. One of the lawsuits claims they didn't break up that first fight. Okay. And allowed the drunk high schoolers to leave while never calling police. Well, no, of course not, because they were going to be in trouble for supplying the alcohol in the first place. Yeah, that's that's called reporting yourself to the cops. <laughs> I get that. Yep. I don't like it, but I, I get not. Oh, they'll be fine. You know, um, I, I'm with you. I, I too many things can go wrong, but I know plenty of parents that have said we'd rather they drink here. Yeah. We're in a controlled environment, but you don't let them leave. And if you're one of those parents, no judgment. Just curious to know what the thinking is. Not only that, but but how are you going to stop them from leaving? Right. Because if you do, now you're a kidnapper. So do you make an agreement that if you're going to be at this party, you give us your keys and your phone? Mm-hmm. You know, little lock boxes at the front door. Um, but but not, you're right. How that, do you keep them? Yeah, because even in that case, now we're back to a belligerent, drunk 17-year-old who says... Fine. Keep my keys and my phone. I'm leaving. Slam. And they could Uber. I mean, at this point, they could just get an Uber to the next place. So you can. Yeah. Once you make that decision to supply the alcohol, you lose control of what happens after that. Or they could stumble out into the street and get hit by a car. And guess what? Mm -hmm. You're on the hook for that, too. 913-586-7798. And how do we feel about these parents being sued for something that didn't happen at their house? I mean, they are being sued for allowing that stabbing to happen, essentially, at the second house. I get why they're being sued for the beating. That makes total sense. That happened happened there. But how do we feel about the second location being traced back to them? Yeah, is it it facilitating the the incident the second incident because they're the ones that supplied the alcohol that the kids got drunk on in the first place even though they weren't they were no longer in control of it they like if they're being sued for not breaking up the first fight they didn't even have an opportunity to break up the stabbing because it didn't happen where they were um and and where i really struggle with this story and with stories like it with the kind of of parties that go on all the time that we've been talking about is that you can see the logic to it you can see the logic that says If they're going to drink, I want to be there to watch and make sure nothing bad happens. What this story shows is you can't stop the bad thing from happening. And but but how do you come to somebody and say, no, the better idea is to just let your kids out into the wide, wide world and let them go get drunk out there somewhere. If somebody gets a hold of booze, it's also possible this beating would have happened alcohol or not. Yeah, it's possible the stabbing would have happened alcohol or not. 
how do we know that the alcohol contributed to either one of those? Yeah, it's a, a lot of questions and a lot of answers that we're looking for from you. If you want to jump in, 913-586-7798. And when I'm saying don't do it as far as hosting a party like this, it's simply from the liability standpoint. I'm not judging you. I, I get it. Like I said, I, I understand the logic. It's just taking on way, way too much liability that you're not thinking about before you open those bottles and let those kids in your house. Let's go to Mike in St. Joe. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, this, this brought up a memory that I'd not thought of for a long time. I've been out of high school for more years than I care to admit. But uh, one of my friend's moms uh, did the very thing you guys were talking about. She thought, hey, my kid and his buddies are going to go out and drink. Why don't I provide a safe environment for them to do so? And so she had a party at her house and let us all come over, and we dropped off our keys in a box at the front door. Yep. And all, so far, so good. You know, safety net in place, all great. But where it fell apart, and I didn't really think about this until today, was that the way you got your keys back was to kind of prove to her that you were not under the influence of alcohol. And we were all under the influence of alcohol. <laughs> and yeah. and she, she had no breathalyzer, no, no nothing to figure it out. I think she just made a judgment call, which was just an additional bad judgment call on her part. But going to what you guys have said, it was absolutely great intentions. Terrific person trying to do the right thing, but just a bad application of judgment on her part to do it at all. Terrific person? <laughs> yeah, trying to do the right thing to keep us safe. Yeah, in that regard. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, how far off the rails did it skid? Did anything bad happen? Well, I don't think anything really bad happened. I don't remember anybody getting in trouble or getting a DUI or getting any wrecks or anything. So that part worked out great, but just by dumb luck. Uh, yeah. It should have never happened. And as a grown man, I look back at that, and I'm just horrified that that was a decision that she made. And, you know, in hindsight, she probably wouldn't have made the same decision either. But it probably seemed like the right thing to do at the time, the lesser of a couple of evils, I suppose. You got it. All right. That's a terrible idea. Mike, thank you. Yeah, thanks for getting in. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a good friend that we used to see all the time up to the bar. And we would sit there and talk with him. And he'd sit and he'd have a couple of drinks. And he was one of those people who was fine, 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 fine. Not slurring, not you know, not uh, swaying, not doing anything. Fine. And then went off the cliff and was mm-hmm. head down just... Uh, uh. It, was, it would happen in five minutes. But for the first hour and a half, he was fine. And he could have convinced just about anybody that he was totally fine. Walked out and five minutes later when it hit him, he'd have been useless. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming back to the fi- um, the beating happening and the allegation that they didn't break it up. Yeah. One thing, if you're not going to call police, again, if you hadn't given them alcohol in the first place, it wouldn't be a concern. How do you not break up the fight? <laughs> yeah. How what do you, you just, just let Fight Club happen? Just you shove know? them out in the backyard and go, all right, take care of it out there. Don't, don't wreck my house. Yeah, uh, just irresponsible. Just completely... Um, Negligent is the word is the word that I want. So if you have thoughts on this, 913-586-7798. I want to talk about this stowaway on this truck. Went almost 250 miles on the metal track below this trailer. We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Back here with you on this Monday afternoon here in KMBZ. Okay, we're going to talk about this guy that stowed away on this truck and and 250 miles almost is how far he went 
Yeah, he meant to go about 25 miles and ended up going a little farther than he initially expected. What he did, um, they have these trucks in Australia. Um, that, that actually, some of them go a lot longer than this, but it's called a B-double. And what that means is if you picture in your mind a regular tractor trailer, semi truck, but make the first, you know, make the, the trailer part of it shorter but the frame still extends out behind that. And then you have a little, uh, like a coupling that you can put another semi-trailer on. So you've got one truck that's carry- that's pulling two trailers with a fulcrum in the middle so you can still turn corners, okay? The second trailer that this guy was driving had some racks, that, that just metal racks that were up underneath that had been secured there by, you know, by toe straps, and we're just riding up underneath the trailer. So when he came to a stop, a guy climbed on, hoping that this that this tra- tractor trailer was going to take him through the town that he was going to, stop at a stoplight. There went his brilliant plan. <laughs> and then climb out at the stoplight and, you know, give the guy a nice salute and thanks for the ride. And then off he would go. The problem was... The truck didn't stop at any stoplights. And, oh, by the way, did we mention that the guy who climbed onto the racks was drunk? Shocking. I know, right? (laughs) Shocking that that's true. Uh, This is uh, on the coast of Australia. So he, uh, yeah, he ended up going a lot further than he thought. Again, Mm -hmm. he intended to go 25 miles. He went almost 250 because that's how long this truck was going to go. You can imagine being this truck driver said he was driving a Sydney to Brisbane freight run to really major cities on that coast. And it stopped uh, for a short nap at about 1.30 in the morning. He grabbed coffee, checked everything he had to set off again about an hour later. When it started to get light, you can imagine how long he's driving. It's 2.40, so it's not getting light for three hours later. Yeah, I could see in my mirrors a piece of orange cloth under my trailer, you know, that wasn't there before. <laughs> And so he found an emergency stopping bay, got out of his cabin to go check it out. And there was a guy that looks back at him when he looks under there. Yeah, he was just climbing out. And and he said, I didn't know what it was at first. You know, I see a guy climbing out from under the truck. That's not normal. So it took him a minute to kind of assimilate what he was seeing with what was actually going on. And that's when he said, the the guy said to him, oh, sorry, man, Uh, I I was just trying to hitch a ride. He said, sorry, it's my mistake. I came in (laughs) under the trailer. So initially he was going to call police and report the stowaway. Instead, he felt bad for him. And so he offered us some some water and said, hey, why don't you come sit inside the truck instead (laughs) of underneath it as I finish this run? This is the line in the story. When the conversation became hard to maintain, as in he was too drunk to make sense, he changed his mind and called police. Probably, probably the better idea. Yeah. I mean, that that moment of clarity that you hope this guy had as drunk as he was when he went past where he was hoping to stop and the guy just kept going. What that what must that have been like to be underneath a truck going, who knows, 60, 70 miles an hour and it's still going past where you wanted to stop. And then a couple of hour, a couple more hours go by, and you're still riding on the rack underneath a tractor trailer. Uh, he was fined two hundred eighty-eight dollars. <laughs> yeah. 
for being in a part of the vehicle that was not designed to carry people or goods. That's precisely what the fine was for. The fact that they even have a fine for that means this is not the first time this has happened. I mean, that it's that specific. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, this happens in Australia all the time, man. The other, oh, by the way, in case you're wondering why he did this in the first place. Well, he didn't want to pay for the taxi. He didn't want to have serious? to. Yeah, he didn't want that line in the story. He didn't want to have to pay an Uber, which probably would have run him about 20 bucks. So instead of that, he gets a much longer ride than he expected. And he's going to have to pay two hundred and eighty eight dollars worth of fines. Good call. I like the police went through all the dangers that could have happened as if we didn't already know bumps in the road objects may be flying up and hitting you oh, the yeah. types of speed involved wind shear from the side anything that could have affected his grip i mean he ha- the fact that he held on for that long <laughs> when when that's your only choice between yeah. holding on that long or being crushed under the wheels of a tractor trailer i'm guessing you're probably going to have more strength than you knew you had all right, moving on here to the story out of Coon Rapids, Minnesota. We used to do this when I was a kid, save pennies and change in a milk jug, and then we'd use that to go on vacation. You have a couple who's doing the same thing. Uh, for 10 years, they've been collecting pennies. They estimate they've got about $300 worth. No bank will take it. No. And and you do the math on that in your head real quick. Uh, if they've got $300 worth of pennies, that's 30,000 pennies. That's a lot of pennies. And in case you're wondering, well, why don't they just go to the coin star? I mean, the most they're going to make out of this is 300 bucks. And if mm-hmm. you take 7% off of the 300 bucks, all of a sudden you're losing a lot of money. So they went to Border Bank near their home and they wouldn't take them. Now, the, the branch president said <laughs> they're too heavy. Yeah. We can't lift them. I don't know how many... Uh, it's in a five-gallon jug, but I don't know how, what it weighs with all the pennies in there. Oh. But they said, we can't, you need to move the coins to smaller buckets that don't have a neck. And then they said the coins would get jammed in the neck of the container. It's too heavy to lift. Yep. Put them in something else, and then we'll we'll take them. That's funny. I You wonder, I mean, I keep getting these things that pop up on Facebook all the time going, the penny in your pocket may be worth hundreds of dollars. And you think, okay, would it, would it even be worthwhile with 30,000 of them? Like if you were retired, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and had nothing better to do than go through 30,000 pennies and see if any of them was worth anything. Let me ask a dumb question. Can anything else be done with the metal in pennies? Because it's only copper on the outside, right? Yeah, What's the internal zinc. nickel? What's in, zinc? It's mostly zinc. Can anything else be done with them? That feels like a weird thing to sell your pennies. Probably. For less than than a penny a piece. Well, yeah, but I I mean, to to make a penny actually costs about two and a half cents. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it might be worthwhile. I don't think you're supposed to melt down U.S. currency, though. So, I mean, even pennies would count. Um, I don't think you're supposed to destroy it. Somebody can tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong about that, but that's always been my understanding of the thing is you're not supposed to deface currency. On the other hand... Um, you know, as, as far as things, you know, what else could you do with them? Well, they, they have machines that will mm-hmm. roll coins for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you just dump them into the top and it rolls the coins. It would take a while, but I mean, at least at that point you'd have, you'd have them in 50 cent rolls and you could just go turn them into the bank. The bank would probably be a lot more, a lot happier to have those than it would to have just a big jug full of pennies. Yeah. I wonder what made them decide to finally turn them in. 
after 10 years? Why is now when I wonder if the jug is full? Yeah. No, it could like, be. Okay. We've been collecting them forever. Somebody actually, somebody on the text line said Coinstar is 12%. Wow. Uh, okay. So now we're talking about taking $36 off of the $300 worth of pennies you got. And now we're back at what? 264. So yeah, you don't want to go. I mean, if you've been saving them for that long, the last thing you want to do is lose 36 bucks. And the bank will take them. They just need to, they need to break open that milk jug, put them in something else. Yeah. And so if they just go through that process, it'll be fine. Somebody said you, you just can't change the denomination of currency. Huh. Okay. Okay. I, like I said, if somebody knows I'm wrong, they'll they'll be along soon. All right. Um, so, someone's using the example of when you can use those machines that smush your penny. Yeah, I always wondered about those too. Yeah, for for the exact same reason that you put in fifty one cents and then it takes that penny and smushes it into like a uh, you know a a little collectible from Dodge City, Kansas, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I've seen those before and just wondered how they got away with it. My thinking was they just don't care enough about pennies to prosecute. Right. What are they going to do? Yeah. Especially at 2.7 cents, you even a piece. You defaced one whole penny. <laughs> oh, put them in yes. jail. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks, everybody, for getting. Coming up in the next hour, uh, we have a fan that died of heat at a major concert in South America. The dad says organizers are to blame. We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.